All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity you've given us to dig deep into your word, to find out what it means to live a resurrected life. I pray, Lord, that the words that I speak today will bring clarity, will bring insight, will bring help to our souls that we'll be able to understand the power we should operate in in this life. I appreciate you, Lord, for giving me the authority against every demonic spirit. Therefore, I'm going to use it now. I come against every demonic spirit that may try to wrestle against myself, wrestle against these young people. Anyone under the sound of my voice. You have no authority here. I protect my wife, my family. I protect anyone for any type of retaliation against what I'm about to say today. With that being said and sealed, we thank the Lord for that authority. And we appreciate this message being received uninterruptedly for these young people to operate in the highest frequency possible. And that's by your spirit, Lord. And we appreciate you again in this time. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. My topic for today is... The topic for... No, I'm joking. I'll give you some time. Get your notebooks open. Yes, sir. Yeah, as you know, I have a lot of points. So my goal is to get through as much of this as possible. Again, my topic is... <laughs> how to live a resurrected life. How to live a resurrected life. And my main scripture for today would be twofold, I believe, depending on how the Lord wants me to go. Will be Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, and Romans 6, 3 through 8. Romans 6, verses 3 through 8. Romans 6 says, Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized in Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have become united with him <clears throat> in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self has been crucified or was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with. So that we would no longer be slaves to sin for he who has died is freed from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a what? Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your what? And be not conformed to this world, but be ye by the renewing of that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. There's two directions I'm going to go in today. And the first one is to break down this resurrection season and to break down a resurrected life. We're going to be talking about the resurrection season and the resurrected life. The most dangerous thing on this planet is no longer the resurrected Christ because that's done. The most dangerous thing in this world is a resurrected life. 
that lives a life for Christ. We have to understand what season we are in. Let me take some time to read a couple of things so that you understand what season you are in. Anyone familiar with the Lent season? We're in the middle of a Lent season. Catholics and some Protestant churches follow through Lent. But I'm going to give you a breakdown of this. Uh, there are five practices and or you don't have to write these down. Just follow with me. There are five practices and or celebrations of the resurrected season that spans 40 days that a lot of people observe as what? Lent. This year's Lent dates are between March 1st and April 14th. With Good Friday being April 15th and Resurrecting, Resurrection Sunday being April 17th. Those five components are such. Number one is Fat Tuesday. You probably never heard of these different things because you'll understand what we go through. Fat Tuesday, which is some cultures celebrate as Mardi Gras. The second component is Ash Wednesday. The third is the Lent season. Then is Good Friday and then is Resurrection Day. We're going to go down the path of the shallow view of this, then the season view of this. All right, let's read. Lent is a period of fasting, moderation and self-denial, traditionally observed by Catholics and some Protestant denominations. It begins with Ash Wednesday and ends with Easter, quote unquote, or Resurrection Sunday. The length of the Lenten fast was established in the fourth century as 46 days, 40 minus the Sundays, during Lent, participants eat sparingly or give up a particular food or a habit. It's not uncommon for people to give up smoking or drinking during Lent or to give up social media or social outings. It's six weeks of self-discipline. Lent is a way for people to remind themselves of the value of repentance. The 40-day period is called Lent after an old English word meaning lengthen. This is because of the time of year when it happens, as this is when the days start to get longer as we approach summer. Fat Tuesday or Mardi Gras is this. So everyone's familiar with Mardi Gras, right? Fat Tuesday or Mardi Gras, we'll talk about Mardi Gras in a minute. Fat Tuesday is simply a day of feasting and preparation for the fasting that is to occur during Lent. The feasting aspect of this day originated due to the need to get rid of the foods or ingredients that are restricted during the lengthened fasting, such as sugar, leaven, flour, eggs, etc. The need to use up these ingredients was, has resulted in Fat Tuesday, also becoming known as Pancake Tuesday, or more simply, Pancake Day. Now, Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras, which is French for Fat Tuesday, is the last day of a season called Carnival. The Carnival season is characterized by celebration, eating, and dancing. Mardi Gras is the culmination of festivities and features parades, shows, and unfortunately, drunkenness and shameless sin. In general, Mardi Gras participants engage in a binge of sinning before a time of consecration to God. The celebration of Mardi Gras fosters the notion that you can do whatever you want on Tuesday as long as you show up on church on that Wednesday. That's the world's view of resurrection season. The world says, you know, God is whatever. I'll, I'll give God 40 days. I'll give God a few days, but I won't give God my life. The thing you have to process is what is living in you? What is alive in you? Is your flesh dominant or is your spirit dominant? 
And so now, if you bear with me, I'm going to take some time to break down this verse now that we got the resurrection season passed so that we can better understand how we can live a resurrected life. Romans 6, 3, 3 says, or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized in Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the father, so we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self, old self, old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we might no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died in, uh, who, in, for he who has died is freed from sin. Now, if we have been uh, for, now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we should also live with him. Let's break down a definition of definition of what it mean to be resurrected. Resurrect by definition means to restore a dead person to life and life more abundantly. Definition also says to revive the practice, use or memory of. It also means to bring new vigor to. It also means to bring to view attention or use again. It means to revive. Restore, regenerate, revitalize, breathe new life into, revigorate, renew, and resuscitate. When Jesus was resurrected, he told his boys that it was good for me to leave. Why? So that I could send the spirit. The Holy Spirit is your ultimate source by which you can be an adequate resource to the people you're supposed to reach. It's unfortunate in our world today, most of us in this room think they saved but not saved. That's the scariest thing not to know. Your eternity, your uh, eternal security should be the number one thing that you should be after. Why? Because eternal security ensures that my life now is lived with a goal and a purpose. The worst thing that you can go through life not knowing is don't, not knowing if your eternity has been secured. The payment for your life was severe. They said they beat that man so bad that you couldn't recognize him. That if you looked in his back, you would see his spleen. You would see his bones. Some people say his organs was hanging out of his body. They talked about how that we, they beat him so bad in the face that his own mama couldn't recognize him. The payment for your life was so severe. But the problem is, is that we're 2,000 years removed from the payment. That's why our feet hasn't hit the pavement yet because we don't know where it's been paid for us. If you understood the value of the cross and the value of the resurrected life, then you would live your life as a sacrifice for it. See, my mindset right now is not just to live my life for earthly gain. My mindset is to make sure that I live a life that if I walk by somebody, my shadow can heal them. Do you understand there's a certain level of life that if you get to that people around you can't help but be impacted by you? There's a life that he wants us to live. It's not a life just to coast by. It's not a life for it to pass by. It's a life to be lived for him. And my challenge to some of you all is, is that when you die and stand before God, God's going to say you didn't even live when you was living. 
You didn't reach a level in me where you was able to resurrect things around you. Resurrection hasn't stopped since the resurrection. And what you have to process, this may be heavy theologically, but follow with me because your spirit understands and comprehends what I'm saying. Hopefully to renew inside of you an idea that says I can actually be better than what I am now. The anointing is not based upon having talent. The anointing is based upon focus. God wants us to live a consecrated life. Who knows what consecration means? There's three stages of salvation. There's justification. There's sanctification. Then there's glorification. Justification means that right now I have been justified as a son of God. I'm justified. That doesn't mean there's nothing that can erase that justification. That means in his foreknowledge, he knows that I'm his child. Sanctification, though, is what most of us don't really want to navigate through because most of us love Jesus being our savior, but we don't want him to be our Lord. Lordship means I no longer have the rights to my life, for I am a trademark image of the created image of the divine trinity. Trademarked. That means you can't even own it. That's why the gay flag is missing one color, because the rainbow has been trademarked by God. The devil can't create, he can only intimidate, not intimidate, he can only, what's the word I'm looking for? Imitate. So you are a trademarked image of God. Therefore, when we, was, when we were brought back by Christ, he didn't just want to buy us back for us to be in the house. He brought us back to ensure that we can bring others into that house as well. So resurrection means to be restored, to be revived. To be regenerated, to be revitalized. There's multiple frequencies in our lives, and I wrote this down this morning. There's three levels of emotional frequencies that you all are vibrating at right now. Each and every one of you all have a vibe. Y'all know what vibes are. Everyone who, you probably can jump right in the back of your mind who has a great vibe, who has a bad vibe, but everybody's vibing. Here are three stages of vibration. The first stage is the enlightenment vibration level. Your body is vibrating at a frequency right now based upon what you emotionally accept. And it's only through the resurrection of Christ, through the spirit that's been resurrected in me, and my willingness to allow him to lead will determine how high I walk in vibrancy-wise. The first level has these four top things in it. Number one is enlightenment. Number two is peace. Number three is love. And number four is joy. That's the highest level of emotional frequency that you and I can walk in. Number one is enlightenment. When I have been enlightened on who I am in Christ, you can't be stopped vibe wise. When I am fully enlightened on who I am in him, when I have been fully enlightened Based upon what I'm supposed to be in his life, nobody's vibe can affect you. Your vibrancy is so vibrant to the point to where people will want your enlightenment. Enlightenment means I have come into an awareness of what it means to be me, who God is, etc. The other emotions is what the world is after. That's peace, love, and joy. Only the believers can have these three. 
There's a bunch of billionaires right now with no love, no joy, and no peace. Which life do you want? Don't you rather have live in an apartment where it's just you and your mom, where there's love, joy, and peace, whether it's uh, uh, selling on a yacht, a mega yacht with none of those there? Resurrection says, I'm trying to get you to a level of vibrancy that comes from a fellowship with the Holy Spirit to such a degree that people are impacted by it. So peace, peace means that nothing can shake me. His resurrection says, I have peace to give you that will surpass even your own understanding. He also said love. Love is such a built thing because the Bible says perfect love cast out all fear. That love is so powerful that you ever seen a young lady or a young man who has who is loved accurately. They don't just allow things into their lives. They have limits. Love provides limits. If I don't love my wife, then I open up limits to my marriage. But love says I fully factually understand why I'm in love. People are more caught up in infatuation than they are in love. People always say I fall, I fell in love. I didn't fall in no love. I grow in love because anything you fall into, you get hurt. Most people have fallen into infatuation, which is an idea of love. It's a, it's a perverted concept of love. But when a person knows whether your dad loves you, your mom loves you, or if no one loves you, God says, I love you more in a second than anybody in this world can love you in a lifetime. Love. The next one is joy. Joy says nothing can shake me because I may not like where I am, but I love the one who's with me where I am. I'm content. The next category of frequencies is just flowing. You're just flowing. You're not really at a high level. You're just flowing. Those frequencies is reason. You, you, you intellectually strong. You are able to reason through things. You have common sense. They say the next level with that is acceptance or willingness. That's when a person, some of you are at a place where you're willing to follow God or you have accepted effect to follow God or you have come to a level of reasoning to understand why you need him. The next level is just getting by. Getting by frequencies are frequencies of courage, pride, anger and desire. Those are low to uh, close to low levels of frequencies. Courage is a good frequency, but you don't know what kind of courage you have until it's tested. Pride is good, but pride can cause it to destruction. Nothing wrong with being proud of where you come from. Nothing wrong with being proud of your accomplishments, but those things can't be the source of your life. Anger. Some people are getting by because their anger is fueling them. They want to get back at their mom, get back at their dad, get back whoever talks about it. So that gets you by. Also, desire can get you by. But those level of frequencies are not the best ones. The last level, unfortunately, some of you all are in. They call this the suffering frequency. They're low frequencies. The devil has designed music, movies, people, conversations, everything to get you into low level frequencies so that the resurrection of Christ in your life will not be manifested. These are, number one, fear. Fear is a low-level frequency. When a person is operating in fear, their vibe, you can't do nothing with that vibe. You can't do nothing with fear because fear what? Paralyzes you. Another suffering type of emotion that holds people back from walking in enlightenment, love, peace, and joy is grief. Nothing wrong with grieving, but you can't or shouldn't grieve long. 
grief. He wants you to get into a place where you become so connected to people that if they die, it's almost that you die with them. Which is a tough concept to process. But that's why the Holy Spirit helps you to become enlightened to keep you going forward. Next is guilt. I put these two together. Guilt and shame and condemnation is the bottom of all frequencies. This is not even a Christian source. Guilt, shame, and condemnation. Those three things is trapping a lot of you all. Some of y'all don't even know how much you have been loved by God, so you're walking with guilt on you, shame on you, condemnation. But what you have to understand about what Jesus did on April 3rd, A.D. 33, was that he was, that's when he died, but the two days later he was resurrected, he paid a price. He paid a price for your life. He's saying, man, if you love me, flow with me, you will walk in a level of frequency that people will envy. Now for the rest of my time. Y'all all right? Yeah. yeah, 21 minutes. Now, 10 practices. 10 practices that enables a resurrected life. A lot of people right now, they're cool with Jesus. They... A lot of Mardi Gras people, people going out there just sinning and just acting like God is okay with sin. You can't win with sin. You cannot win with sin. The enemy wants sin to corrupt your life to such a degree that you start being pulled down into low levels of frequency. Because the enemy can care less right now about the resurrected Christ. Because that job has been done. The only thing he fears right now is if you live a resurrected life, a life that's not affected by sin, a life that's not affected by your friends. The life is not affected by your ends. It's not affected by anything. He wants you to live a life so caught up in him that he'll be able to get you through. That's why God's saying rock with me, vibe with me. I said it in a video a long time ago, maybe two weeks ago, not that long, but I talked about how when you vibe with God, you will catch a vibe. How many of you all caught a vibe this morning? Some of you all caught your mom's vibe. You caught your dad's vibe. You caught your friend's vibe. Soon as someone looks at you crazy, you caught that vibe, and now it's vibrating in you. Now it's affecting your schoolwork. Now it's affecting everything about you. You got to, before you even leave your house, catch the vibe and, and get into such a vibe with God that nothing can take your vibe. I can care less what you think of me. You're not going to take my vibe. It don't matter. God is the one that endeavors, uh, uh, who enables me to walk in a level that no matter what a person says or do, I may be affected for a moment, but I'm not going to let it impact my day. Some of you all, your mom said something this morning and it's disrupted your whole day. Your dad hasn't said anything to you and you're still pondering on wondering if a man will ever say I love you. And that lack of love is getting you operating in low levels of vibrations. And now you find yourself being used by somebody else's vibrations. Vibes look for vibes. Demons vibes looks to stifle God vibes. That's why we don't read our Bibles. We don't pray. Do you not think... That this wasn't by design. Think about it. How long are you on TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, 
YouTube versus your Bible. How can we enable a resurrected life if we don't resurrect ourselves and the only things that can resurrect us? God doesn't want you to live a life that goes by. My mindset right now is to get to a level that when I walk by somebody, my shadow heals them. Y'all know my vibe. My vibe is the Mr. Ezzy vibe. It's the Ezzy effect. That's what it is. I, I engineered this vibe. This vibe, me and God made this thing work. Because I want that people will say, when you not in a building, ain't the same. That's the type of vibe I, I'm glad to have. My job, my old principal right now still texts me trying to remove, not remove me, but she was like, if you ever need another place to go to, you can come back here. Why? Because the vibe is missed. When I go to that school next week, when I walk through those doors, the, the cafeteria workers, the janitors, the principal, vice principal going to be like, Mr. Azzy's here. They ain't nothing to brag about. It's because I carry him with me. When you got that vibe of God that's being resurrected in you, people will miss your presence. Some of y'all want to be present so much, you don't even know the value of your absence. Sometimes you got to be absent from some of these people's vibes so they can see the value of your presence. Now, 10 practices, I don't have that much time, 10 practices that enables a resurrected life. 10 practices that enables a resurrected life. Number one, you must take time often to reflect and reason. Every night after my wife doesn't talk to me, <laughs> I look at the ceiling and I ask myself, how did you do today, Josh? I reflect. I got to look inside of my life and say, is there anything I did today that's killing the vibe in me? You have to reflect. Self-examination has become a lost art. We always look at the, the specks in other people's eyes but haven't removed the beam. How many of us knocking people out with the beam in our eye? <laughs> We're quick to judge. We're quick to look at somebody and say, well, you're not doing this right. No, 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 no. I got to look in the mirror every day. What are two mirrors we should look into every day? My knife grace should know. What are two mirrors that we should look in every day? They don't know. Number one is the bathroom mirror. Why do we look in the bathroom mirror? To see how we look. All of us came and looked today and said, you know, I looked pretty good, right? But how many of us looked into the mirror spiritually, which is the word of God? The issue is we read our Bibles. We don't give the Bible enough time to read us. When you allow the Bible to read you, now you can be literate. Now you're able to see it. Now you're able to endure it. Because you took time to reflect, God, is there anything in me that's keeping me from being like you? I told my ninth graders, when, if the son that is born, that son is going to naturally do what his father do. That's why I'm already crafting what I want that young man to be right now before he's born. My wife wants a son, so if it's a girl, it's a girl, well. But she's believing for a boy, so she can have someone to give her all the attention. She wants a boy. She's, she was raised with a lot of girls in the film. So she, I said, Lord, give us a son. But one thing that I said was, is that when I kiss her in the morning on her forehead and I kiss her stomach, I want that boy to know that he's loved already. 
They talk about that some of you all right now are the reason why you're in uh, the way you are is because you was rejected in your womb. Vibes even vibrate into wounds. So if they were even thinking about an abortion, you're feeling it right now, even though you weren't aborted. So my goal right now is to make sure that young man knows that he's loved, but also that he can be led. So right now I'm already doing Bible studies with the boy. <laughs> I'm already talking into his in the stomach because when he comes out, I want him to see what his father does. Because when he see what his father does, then he will actually live that life. That's why we have to take time to say, God, what do you want me to do? Number two. Number one was take time to reflect and reason. Reason means I have come to the truth. I have reason to the point of truth. The truth does what? Why are we not honest with ourselves? Can someone give me a paper towel, please? I'm over here sweating like a, <laughs> like I'm out in the field somewhere. <laughs> but I am in the harvest field right now. We in the field. So, number two. Another practice that enables a resurrected life. Oh, my shirt that wet? All right, well, economics, we just going to be. <laughs> anyway, number two, reconnect with God. Thank you, sweat. Appreciate it. You have to reconnect with God. <coughs> thank you so much. I'm getting any two because I'm. Thank you. I appreciate you. I have to reconnect. If you haven't, that should be number one. I have to reconnect with God. I gotta say, God, I want to be. Listen, tell you. Let me tell you something. If your phone is not plugged in, how else can it be charged? How else? If your phone's not charged, can you use your applications on your phone? So how can I apply the word if I'm not plugged into the word? The re that's why we leave, we leave God on read. We read our word, but we don't apply it. We don't respond back to it. God's saying right now, reconnect with I'm your source. I got to stay plugged into him. I can't just be that removed from him. I, I have to be plugged in because whatever you're plugged into, you, whatever you're plugged into becomes your source. And if that source fails, you fail with it. How many of you are plugged into relationships right now and it's failing right now and you're failing? How many of you are plugged into friendships? They're failing, therefore you're failing. Hoping to get some juice with added sweetness to it, with no nutrients in it, and you're wondering why you're diabetic. I have to reconnect. God, I got to stay connected to you. Number three. Y'all need it. Number one is take time to reflect and reason. Number two, you have to reconnect with God. And number three, which some of y'all may not understand is, but you have to receive his righteousness and love. This coming up Sunday, we're celebrating. Is it this Sunday? Yeah, yeah this Sunday, yeah. We're celebrating the resurrection, right? On that cross this Friday or that Friday, April 3rd, that Friday when he, they, the historian said that he died. On that cross, he took our sin. He gave us his righteousness. What that means is 
I cannot live in low level of frequencies of life. I have to receive his righteousness, meaning that right now when I've given my life to God, I'm in right standing with him. Right standing right now. Well, you know about the Moses story. They killed the lamb, right? And they did what with his blood? It didn't matter who was in that house, where they was in their life in that house. If there was blood on a doorpost, they were safe. Justification or his righteousness means that standing before the father right now, I'm in right standing. I have to receive that. That don't matter what I do. Because of what Christ did for me, I can stand before God right. That doesn't mean there's no wrongs. It just means I don't have no fear of hell, judgment, or wrath. His righteousness, which is a theological word, imputed, means it's put on me. He took my sin. Therefore, when I sin, I have an advocate. Sin was not meant for you to run away from God. Sin was meant for you to run to him. Clean me, O God. Take this sin out of me. And if you don't have no remorse for your sin, then you ain't saved. If you don't get upset with yourself, not with yourself, if you don't get upset with the fact that you fell in sin, chances are you're not in a relationship. You know when a marriage is failing, when both parties have no remorse for their actions against the other. It's a relationship. When I make a little mistake before God, I'm like, God, I'm sorry because I love him. The love was so huge to the point that I don't even deserve it. But I just can't believe I allowed this to creep in. Therefore, God, get it out of me because I want nothing to affect my relationship with you. But one thing about life, you got to live life preventatively. That's the word. So if I don't want my wife to be hurt, I don't mess with no one with a skirt (laughs) or pants. Lust will take you further than you want to go. Pornography takes you to want to be touched by someone else. Being touched by someone else makes you have sex with someone else. Going to now want to have sex with the same sex. You don't think lust cares? Lust don't care about you. That's why y'all keep saying this gay stuff around here. You're going to end up gay. Promise you. Oh, you don't believe it? You don't believe it? Keep playing with the devil. You can't touch the devil's stuff and don't expect not yourself to be dirty. If you speak it out of your mouth, you're giving that demon clearance to get in your life. Keep saying, yeah, all you want, you're going to bend over soon. Hey, hey, play with it if you want to. I know people right now went to school that was straight, straight, straight. Now they crooked. Gay don't play. And that ain't the only sin either. That ain't the only sin either. The reason why we keep sinning because we think that God ain't doing nothing. God's grace is keeping you from being struck down. But there's coming a day (laughs) that those who ain't right won't see the light. The only light they're going to see is flames. And the worst that the thing that's worse than flames, the Bible says data in hell will weep and gnash with their teeth. What does that mean? Complete separation from God. You are enjoying the luxury of God's presence and you're taking it for granted. You don't know what it's like to be separated from him. Jesus on the cross was even affected because his father turned his back on him. I'm so glad that God only turned his back on him. 
Because he turned his back on him so he can face us together. Number four, you have to reverence him. It, it hurts my feelings how bad we sin openly before omnipresent and omniscient God. I've gave this analogy before. If Pastor Good walked in, everybody would be scooting up tight, even all the way up into the employees. We'll be all tucked away. But that's Pastor Good. That ain't Jesus. And Jesus said, I see everything you do and you act like I don't. I'm not impacted by that. What's our verse for the school? It says the fear of God is the beginning of what? Wherever you lack reverence, you lack wisdom. In order to keep living this resurrected life where you're impacting people, that you operate in high levels of frequency that can't be affected by nobody else's vibe, is to reverence him. Number five, you must repent. Repent of all of your sins with evidence. Repentance, by definition, is the act of leaving what God has prohibited and cleaving to what he has commanded. Repentance is a sincere, great remorse. Uh, it's, it's a sincere regret or remorse. If my wife, like, I, there's times when I go to the grocery store, I have to tell her to send me a text because there'll be times I go in the store and I come back home with three missing items. And, she, and now that she's pregnant, she's like, babe, you know I need my mangoes. I'm like, oh, man, I forgot the mangoes again. <laughs> I feel bad. They need the mangoes. <laughs> so what I say that for was this. There's a level of remorse because I'm like, oh, I, I, I hurt you, right? What this means here is that I have to, I don't even know what this means. We must repent. <laughs> Repentance increases, hear me closely, it's important. Repentance increases as the mind is being renewed through an intimate relationship with God. As our relationship with God increases, so does our desire to be like him. And our desire to recognize what is not like him in us, causing our minds to be renewed. Every day, to a degree, I should be turning away from something. Repentance is not, I'm sorry. Repentance is, I'm done. Our repentance ain't even worth anything because all we're doing is saying we're sorry. And we do the, sorry, the same sorry thing again. With no remorse. That doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect after your repentance. It just means that if there's no remorse, if there's no God, help me to live better. You can't live better on your own. Repentance saying, I need your help to help me to be done with this. But if you don't pray that, that means you love your sin than the one that wants you to win. Number six, you got to renew your thinking. In order to live a resurrected life, you got to change the way you think about yourself. The worst person to have poor thoughts about is you. In order for me to live a resurrected life, man, I got to care less about what people think of me. If you are not in my core life, I can care less about what you think because you don't know enough. That's why you shouldn't show everything. Because if you show everything, they have evidence to use against you. You got to live such a discreet life to the point where they start questioning about you. But the reason many of us are sinking is because of our thinking. Number seven, you have to relinquish, let go of all sins and weights. 
You got to let them go if you want to live a resurrected life. The thing is, sin is fun, man. Come on, let's be honest. Sin, and no matter what it is, when your mama say this, you do the opposite, it's fun. <laughs> but sin is also funny. It makes you look dumb at the end. Sin always makes you feel good in the moment. But makes you feel horrible after it. Who wants that kind of like, I used to laugh at people like, are you going to go drink and get drunk? And enjoy a part of it two hours, be, on a, be in front of a toilet for four? Yeah. Or are you going to sleep with that person and all of a sudden got a soul tie for 16 or 17 years and a man that wants to love you now can't love you, can't receive your love because you're still loving this other guy? Sin is deep, man. People think sin, like I said the other day, sin looks like a puddle, but it will transform into a flood. So you better walk over before you drown in it. Sin is dangerous, man. It will take you further than you want to go, make you do things you never thought you would ever do, when God's saying, let me be your resurrection in your life. Weights. The Bible says, lay aside every weight and sin, right? So there are weights. Weights are not necessarily sin, but that friend of yours may not be a sin, but that friend may be a weight. That relationship, quote unquote, might not be a sin, but that thing is a weight. You got to lay aside certain weights because the things that you want in life has to equal you in weight. When you got heavy things on you, how can you carry your own responsibilities? So you have to get to a place where you say, you know, I got to let every sin and weight go. What are some weights in your life? Some sinful practices in your life that you have to let go. Last three, you have to recharge regularly. You can't live a resurrected life if you work, 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 work all the time. You got to take time to recharge. Number nine, you got to rejoice always. Gratitude is the best attitude. Oh, Lord, I went too long. You have to rejoice always, no matter the circumstance. Do you know that God has you where you are right now? A lot of, I used to be upset. I could keep it real with you. Why my dad wasn't there? Why I'm in a single parent home? Why? Why, God? Why? 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 Why in my life did I have to go through so much unnecessary stuff? Some of y'all know my story that I didn't get home. The reason, Miss McCullough, Miss Riley don't even know this. The reason why I was tired every day, because I got home at 12 o'clock every day. Because we had to clean doctor's offices and, and mop church floors. After basketball practice, after basketball games, I'm out there scrubbing floors. I used to ask God, why do I have to go through this? Why I don't have no friends? Why I don't have this? And now when you live long enough, hindsight being 2020, you will see the reason for it all. Therefore, it helps me to rejoice in everything. Because no matter what I go through, I grow through. Last but not least, you have to become resourceful if you want to live a resurrected life. You have to be resourceful. Resourceful. Y'all are the reason why I live a resourceful life. I'm a resource. If you don't know that you are a resource, you won't have no need for the source. Each inside of every one of you is a gift. It's a talent. That God needs a resurrected vessel for that thing to be truly received. This message to a degree was heavy. Hope it was beneficial.
But you have to get to a place in your life where you say, I want to live a greater life. What areas in your life have yet to be resurrected? We in resurrection season. The world is even celebrating. Everybody's going Easter egg hunting. hunting. Everybody loves to distract from the real reason for the season. And if you don't understand it, then you won't be able to stand on anything. Because when you know that he rose, that means the fact that he rose means that I can be raised. He rose. The check has been cleared. The check that he paid on that cross was enough to pay for everybody to come to the party in heaven. But how many of you all invited people, paid for people to come to your party, but they still didn't show up? God is self-sufficient. God don't need you. He don't need you. He don't need me right now. He wants me. He wants you. His self-sufficiency keeps him from being emotionally entangled with people who don't want to be close to him. One day with my son, daughters, whoever, how many I have, when they're at school and I drive up in that line, am I picking up the whole school? Who I'm picking up? When that train come down from heaven, he only picking up who's his. Are you his? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. For this word, heavy, needed, necessary. That we'll be inspired to go higher. Lord, I pray this message permeates throughout the next few weeks in these young people. That when they're faced with sin, they'll see that you're there to help them win against it. That they'll see in the sin to see that it has nothing to benefit them. That the price that was paid on the cross was enough, was enough to help us do anything that we need to do. Lord, this generation is surrounded by so much temptation, God. My heart weeps for them. The pressure that they're going through. But where there's pressure, there's hidden power. And if just one in this room catch on fire, this whole place will be on fire as well. I pray, Lord, you'll spark that one or two or three or four in this room that wants to live a resurrected life. In Jesus' name we do pray, amen. Who wants, who wants to live a resurrected life? That's everybody. What is keeping you from living that resurrected life? Think about it. Close your eyes. If there's anybody in this room right now who says, I haven't accepted what was paid for me. I'm not saved. Some people in this room right now thought they were saved. There's a difference between thinking and knowing. I don't want to think I saved. I want to know that I'm saved. You could have been, you could be a lifer or you could be here for a limited time. But today is the time for you to get your life together. If you're in this room, you say, hey, man, bro, I ain't saved, fam. Real talk. I sin like it's nothing. Raise your hand. Okay, thank you. If you're in this room right now, you say, you know what?
I need to rededicate my life, fam. I need to reconnect with him. I want to live a greater life for him. And I know for a fact I'm not where I need to be. In this room, if you're in here, you say, man, listen, I need to rededicate my life back to him. Raise your hand. If you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to the evidence of speaking other tongues to the point to where you're tapped in, you want to be so tapped in him that when you don't know what to do, you know what to speak. If you need that, raise your hand. Thank you, Father, for this time. I hope it was a good service to you. And just let me do pray. Amen.